Hi guys, this is Jan from Taste of Prague and you're listening to another episode of our Taste of Prague blog. This time in English, uh, it's been a long time since we've done a, a, an episode in English, sorry about that. But today will be a bit different. Not only is the podcast in English, but also um, it has a slightly different format. Normally we do long, you know, long interviews, but this is going to be a series of shorter interviews. You know, we thought, uh, you know, the pandemic has been global, uh, but sometimes you kind of wonder how are other countries doing? I mean, you hear something in the media, but it doesn't really give you the human story behind it. So we figured, why don't we just call some of our friends that live abroad and just check out on them, how they're doing, how the society is doing, is everything open, are things still shut down? Or what are the plans ahead? Are people frustrated or tired? Um, you know, maybe just compare notes and see um, what happens in other parts of the world. So that's exactly what we did. We um, we called six of our friends living in Berlin, uh, Paris, Copenhagen, London, New York City and Melbourne. And just asked them, you know, uh, a few questions. Everybody had about 10 to 15 minutes Uh, to explain what's happening in their little town. So I hope um, you're going to enjoy this. Um, I'm just going to introduce the speakers. And we're going to go from, um, you know, from the nearest to the farthest place. So um, the sequence will be Berlin, then Paris, then Copenhagen, uh, London, New York City, and Melbourne. Berlin is represented by Per Merling, that you may know as uh, Berlin Food Stories. He is uh, the best and the most famous food blogger in Berlin and you should definitely follow him on Patreon and he's an amazing guy so he talked about Berlin um, Paris is represented by Lindsay Tramuta uh, you may know her as Lost in Cheeseland that's her kind of a, her blog but she's also a journalist and an author she wrote two books fantastic books one is called The New Paris and the other one is called the newer one is called uh, The New Parisienne about um, businesses owned by women in Paris. And um, she gives us an insight on um, how France has been dealing with the pandemic. Uh, Copenhagen is represented by Cindy. She's our friend. She own, She's the owner and founder of um, Foods of Copenhagen. Uh, food tours, it's actually the only food tour we've ever taken. I know, shame on us, but... Um, She she's the only one and she was the first babysitter to JJ when we were eating at Noma in Copenhagen. She uh, was so kind to actually uh, babysit JJ for us and she talks about Copenhagen. In London, we have Teresa, aka Hladova. Um, I'm gonna link all the profiles of the interviewees in uh, the uh, descriptions. And uh, uh, Teresa is working at Big Joe, which is a, a, a bakery and uh you know like a takeout place by jolene um a, a very famous place in london so she's uh, talking about london um in new york city we're talking to kat odell kat odell is a food writer she writes for vice uh new york times uh, eater.com um and her husband is mike bagali one of the most famous chefs around he invented the flying balloon dessert in uh chicago's alinea Uh, we've known Kat forever, and she's covered Prague for Eater.com because her grandma lives in Prague. She has Czech heritage. Her grandma is actually 103 years old. She's fully vaccinated now. Uh, she'll soon be celebrating her 104th 
birthday. So um, Kat will describe the situation in New York City. And then um, in Melbourne, we'll be talking to Natasha, aka Butter Baking. She's a baking blogger. Um, and she'll be talking about how things are in Melbourne. Um, she, um, she, We've been in touch for a long time because um, she has Polish heritage. And when she was visiting, uh, her, her parents actually took our tour. So uh, we've known her ever since. So um, we're going to discuss these six, uh, uh, these six places. I mean, you can... S- if you're interested in one, you can actually go ahead and uh, and back and forth and so on. And I hope you're going to like this. I'm going to hope uh, it will give you a bit of an insight. As you may have guessed, this will get progressively happier from gloomy continent. Right now, Berlin, uh, Copenhagen and um, Paris, you're going to be here. Lots of bitching and lots of complaining. Then London, you know, just slowly opening, which is nice. And it's going to get better. And then finally uh new york is um, now nearly fully open and uh, melbourne is absolutely open there's no uh restrictions uh, at the expense of travel you just can't get in or out um so i hope you're gonna enjoy this insight into how different countries have dealt with the pandemic and uh this is it so check it out we're starting with berlin and uh, i'm calling per merling aka berlin food stories hi per how are you doing Hey, Jan, I'm doing well. How are okay. you? I'm doing fairly decent. So, if you can run me through the situation, what's the situation right now in Berlin? Like, can you describe the last year for me? Absolutely. So, right now we are in, you know, in the lockdown again. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I'm actually not sure when this one ends. I think end of April. <laughs> And the last year has been, of course, like everywhere else, riddled by lockdowns and by by closures. And it's it's yeah, it's been a struggle, like everywhere else, of course. I think we had like the first the first start of the whole of the whole pandemic. Germany and Berlin, they were doing fairly well. I think everybody was looking to to Germany in terms of you know keeping numbers down and and supporting also the industry. Um, of course, you know Germany's been doing well financially for a long time, so there were there were quite a lot of funds available to help businesses, and that's really been something which has happened throughout the whole the whole year. You gotta say. Um, then again, after the after, you know, just keeping the, the numbers positive and and death, the death toll small, hasn't been you know as as successful in the second phase of the pandemic. So meaning like twenty sure. twenty one especially, that's uh, Germany has fared less well in those times and i would trade uh, i would trade with germany no. anytime <laughs> no. yeah right, I, so, I know i know you yeah. guys are, are are struggling over, yeah. over the czech republic i know i know, I know but it's, um, uh, it's, i think but, it's but, interesting uh, so, so, right how yeah please yeah no no so, so is are the restaurants uh closed then indoor dining is closed the restaurants have been closed for indoor dining since november since november yeah, yeah. um how about uh, schools? Are schools open? Schools are right now closed again. They were open for a brief while. I think let's. I think from March 
<laughs> Do you know, I think schools are open for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Kindergartens, yeah. kindergartens, kindergartens are closing on Thursday again. I know because I have two kids in kindergarten, so sure. they're closing again. And it's the worst thing, isn't it? <laughs> oh, fuck, man. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Kindergartens, we, they've really been closed is. now for three weeks or for four weeks now, and I just, I'm, I just want to bullet in my head sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, insane. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. One thing, actually, I have friends who have who have children in like elementary school. That's yeah. the only thing which I think is worse. Your homeschooling, oh, okay. shit. Yeah, I'm yeah, actually happy that yeah. I don't have to do the homeschooling. Otherwise, yeah. you know, it's it's definitely right. a struggle. But I always, yeah, I try to see things positively, and that's generally how. I've been viewing the development here okay. in, in Berlin. Really, I mean, again, the the support from the government in terms of finances has been has been good. You got to cool. say that. Then again, cool. you know, you have the big the big the big problem of the German system. Of course, and I'm saying this as a, as a non-German, as a Swede living in in Germany, is you know the bureaucracy and the slow movement. That's really something which is haltering the whole the whole process so i mean sure. examples the, the restaurants restaurants from november on restaurants were actually getting a fantastic relief package where you could get 70 percent of your past year's earnings from uh -huh. the government without being open That's so cool. no questions asked yeah. you get 70 percent, which basically would allow everybody to survive and, you know in combination with uh, having employees on furlough so getting 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 you know Salaries being paid partially by the government as well, and problem is, since you know the the whole fucking German system is is analog and and you know they send faxes to each other, you nothing <laughs> okay. works. Like nobody gets the money. All right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like fills out some form, and like four months later, you know they're still not getting the money, and they're getting it now, now and then. I think after after a while, but it's been a struggle. It's the same thing with the german vaccination campaign it's you know that's the other I mean, thing i want to ask how's how's that going not great really not great it's a combination of different things yeah, yeah sure. it's, it's really it's the same thing the system everything is analog and decisions are being taken you know you know the sloths in like this one this one pixar movie where you know they're working at dmv where they're just like really slowly yeah, doing yeah, 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 things yeah, sure. and yeah. i feel that like you know like one million sloths working in the German bureaucracy <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. kind of, you know, assigning people to vaccines. That is going extremely slow. And it shows the numbers. Really, yeah. the German the campaign is in relation to, to other countries, also European and so on countries, not doing very well. Yeah. And and it's that's that's of course something which is very frustrating also. Um, is there other frustrating points? I mean, how's the general like view how's the general views like um the handling of the pandemic? Is uh, is is there frustration or like are people generally yeah. like, just happy or like you know not to say like obedient but they're like I mean we have to do this you know is there like um how what's the general you know feeling in the society? It's changed a bit to be honest. It was very positive and the government was you know everybody basically was listening to the government for a long time. In the second phase of the pandemic, it's been it's been worse. Uh, there's a, it's election year in Germany also, sure, Same which uh, means that you you have this this pretty uh, this pretty terrible combination of people like trying to get you know in position for like, this Game of Thrones kind of thing in terms of who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna be elected while you trying to manage this pandemic, and I think that's a lethal combination. 
it's not working well at all. So you've had some pretty monumental failures on on government level from, you know, from vaccination campaigns, from corruption scandals of buying masks to, you know, you have we have Angela Merkel, who's who's been in office for almost two decades. I mean, she's, of course, she's now she's tired you know she's she's just been doing this for a long long time and she's and not running having, is she? of course is she's she not running? she's not she's that's why no that's of course why she's having problems kind of you know searching her her you know her governance and her authority because people know that she's going to be gone and people are, of course making a point out of it of opposing her so it's 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 not that great to be honest and the the following and the of the government and it's it's been it's been dwindling and and let's see where it goes and let's see how the summer goes now but it's been complicated to be honest all right yeah. okay Sadly. how about the hospitality business the hotels there's no tourism internally in uh in germany no that not right now <laughs> business trips only um which is like a minimum minimum level it's it's not going great yeah. really hotels and are probably hit the hardest by it. I think hotels and, of course, the event business is what I see the ones are being. Oh, yeah, sure. The trade the shows and stuff like the that. Whole thing. Yeah. How about yeah, uh, Which is, of course, big in Berlin, you know. Yeah. So, but I mean, as I, if I understand correctly, you're, uh, the, the, the restaurants have not been closing like en masse because, of, because they have been receiving or they've been at least promised some compensations. Is that correct? <laughs> That is correct. So I'm, all, you know, of course, always often asked this question if I see many closures. I don't see that many, which are directly related to COVID and the pandemic. You know, of course, mm. you have a few that, you know, the people that were thinking about closing their restaurants. anyways, you know, you see, I think we're seeing this a lot around the world, like a little, a bit of an exit out of the world of hospitality, because sure. mm. you know, it's 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 a rough business, and of course, when you have a year to sit at home and contemplate about your life, I think many will come to the conclusion that, you know, maybe standing, you know, in front of a, in a, behind in a dark kitchen, behind a stove, uh, five days a week without seeing my kids, maybe that's not me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I think we're going to see a big exodus from the world of, of hospitality yeah. for sure. That's what, what I'm seeing now is a lot of the no-name restaurants really boarding up. A lot of like, you know the places that they don't they don't do delivery right now or don't do takeout because nobody really cares. Like the place that places that were like in busy tourist areas, sure, and that would get walk-in business because maybe the, the you know the popular restaurant next door was full, or that was that, that you know were largely dependent on tourists and so on. They, I think, are struggling massively, and I think we're going to lose a lot of them. We also have this. Thing right now, which is an you know, an exemption rule from having to file for bankruptcy. So okay. it's it's been right now. You don't have to fail for bankruptcy. You know, otherwise, you know, if you reach a certain point and so on, you're legally obliged to do it. To right file, now, yeah, sure. There's an exemption rule to that. Okay. So I, which also means the full fallout from the the whole thing is yet to be seen. And I think this fall and next year is really going to show, you know, who's, who's left on the battlefield, who's not getting up because there's going to be much more than we think right now. And I think also a lot of businesses, like the morale 
the morale I feel now is extremely low. And that's that's the one thing I'm most concerned about, to be honest. Okay. People were actually, you know, for a long time, positive about it. But now, that just after tired. almost five months of closing yeah. in a second wave, the morale is extremely low. Mm. see a lot of like people being like, you know, just mentally unwell in the industry and, and questioning whether it, you know, it just makes sense to continue. Sure. And so I think also, I mean, once things actually go back to something which is semi-normal, I think we're going to see a lot of people just dropping out anyways in terms of saying like, hey, now I'm open, but now I'm seeing that maybe I can't, you know, operate at full capacity or something with still some restrictions and look at the numbers. I just, I'm just not going to make it back. Like, I'm just not going to make, make the money back that I, that I owe people that I, you know, that, that I have to pay back my bank loans, whatever. And that's something sure. I'm concerned about. Sure. <laughs> One last question. Uh, if you were to guess, like, where do you think like tourism will get back in? Like, when do you think people will be able to get back to Berlin to to visit Berlin? Is there any debate about that? Do you think um, it might be this year, next year? Honestly, no, not on a substantial level. Not I this year. I think we'll see yeah. some of it. No, no. I think we'll see. We'll see some. I think you know realistically, we'll reach a vaccination level, which which kind of provides some kind of safety net by you know autumn, maybe like October or something. Which sure. means that maybe we'll see some. I, I, this this fall, this winter, right? It's extremely unclear what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, like what are mutations and what what not and so on. So who the fuck knows? Sure. Um, but I think when it comes to like like larger st- tourism streams, I'm I'm really thinking about the spring of 22. So 22. basically, yeah. a full year from now. From now, which wow. Is, which is which is quite quite uh, you know distressing when you think about it. Um, at the same time, I think Berlin is good in a way that. You know, locals. Also, it doesn't rely on tourism, of, right? Yeah, it doesn't rely no, on tourism fully. There's quite yeah. some buying power in in the local population, sure. and which which we saw during the first lockdowns, and now generally, with the restaurants that are doing takeout delivery, they are you know they're doing okay. They're not they're not they're not making any money, but they're covering costs. They you sure. know they're keeping themselves occupied, which of course is extremely important, and um, instead of just sitting at home. Um, but we're not that reliant on tourism. Not like, I mean, like, I think Prague, like is Prague. a bit different yeah. in that regard. Yeah, and also, and I, feel, I look at it like, for example, I mean, of course, I speak a lot to people in like Copenhagen and, and London and so on. Also different, I think. Mm-hmm. Also yeah. very much more reliant on tourism and a steady stream of, of people. I mean, Copenhagen is a, is a very good example of a city that's going to be probably different on the other yeah. side of this just mm. like you know many other destinations and i think you know on the last note though and i sounded pretty gloomy and so on but i think long term though once things do bounce back and kind of you know the cream of the crop kind of emerges from the restaurant scene which i think it will i think berlin is going to come out very strong out of cool. It. Um, cool. because in the end 
you there as you know as mentioned there were financial you know relief packages which which made it possible to survive also we I think what we're going to see is like an even larger wave of people coming in i think yeah. it's going to be like this i think many people who you know many londoners many copenhagen people and so on have been living there seeing just how vulnerable that city is to maybe something like this and and looking for a place with a slightly higher quality of life will look to to Berlin. Also, when it comes to people in working in hospitality, we've seen sure. how also during the first lockdowns, many restaurants have been telling me that they've been getting applications, you know, from from high ranking chefs working in 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 the best restaurants in those cities. So, coming, you know, looking long term, it's gonna be for the food industry and for the restaurant business in Berlin positive and I'm looking forward to that cool and a year from now I'll be there to check it out <laughs> all right um, so thank you so much happy to check it out with you Absolutely. thank you Jan thank you so much Per. it was a pleasure thank you likewise bye bye okay so that was Per in Berlin and next up is uh, Lindsay Tramuta in Paris Let's hear her. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for uh, making the time, you know, taking the time for me to speak to me. So uh, I just want to ask, uh, how are you doing in Paris? What's the situation? What can you do? What can't you do? And kind of how you got there in the last year. Oh, boy. Well, it's been, um, like most of Europe, it's been a process. And um, it, what's, what's super interesting now is to see how the tables have turned because, you know, all of us in Europe, for the most part, well, at least Italy and France, we're looking to the UK and the US in their delays in taking this seriously and thinking, you guys are going to regret this. And we were the we were the good kids and the A plus students, and we were we were taking care of the population, and you know, and we were able to reopen. You know, we came out of lockdown last May, and then we had restaurants open on June second, just for terrace seating, of course. Uh-huh. But still, you know, there was there was a process, and it felt hopeful. And then the summer was a bit of a what do we call it? A bit of a, 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 a fun fair. Uh, sure. Everyone was out and, you know, everything that was most important to them was having their summer vacation. And you would think that while they were doing that, the government would be planning for next steps, but instead they too took off all of August. And so we're, you know, I, I all the reports I'm reading now, especially in The Economist, point to that kind of behavior that slowed down um, an unoptimized time at the end of summer as one of the reasons that things sort of were not handled that well when we all came back from summer and people were back in school and things start- and the cases started surging again. So we ended up in another lockdown lighter uh, in at the end of October and restaurants have actually been closed for any kind of on-site dining since end of October. Um, so we're going on, you know, what, five, six months of, of doing just takeout and delivery. Um, a lot of places don't even offer that because it's not financially viable for them. So where we are today is, um, you know, I think people listening might know that Europe had this whole big discussion about what do we let our populations do over Christmas, the Christmas holiday. Well, so there was curfew that was imposed in France, basically in December and, the only day where curfew was not um, 
imposed was on on Christmas Christmas night or Christmas Eve night, I think. Sure. Um, and and so since then, really, we've been on a curfew, and it's only recently. So as of what uh, two two three weeks ago, it was extended to seven p.m. So before, uh, what was it before? six p.m. And now it's seven p.m. Okay. And and the, the sort of loony uh, reason they gave was, well, you know, it's now getting staying lighter out for longer. I mean, as though that has something to do with a curfew. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. So now we're at 7 p.m. And as of last week, because all the cases were surging again, uh, very badly, and hospitals were saturated, mm-hmm. um, we they have closed schools and daycares for three weeks. Um, a curfew is still 7 p.m. You can't go beyond 10 kilometers from home. Um, there shouldn't be any interregional movement. Um, and let's see what else is there. Well, everyone is encouraged to work from home if they can one day, uh, four days out of five. And you think to yourself, well, why weren't companies allowing that? They've been saying that all along. Well, there've been companies who have been skirting the rules from the beginning, big, big companies, you know, big visible companies. So now I think they finally got the message that like, we're not going to slow this down if you keep telling your employees to come into, to the office and you know, like desk jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So essentially we're on this sort of light lockdown that they're not calling a lockdown and they say that we'll revisit the situation in three and a half weeks. Um, But, you know, they do things like this was just Easter weekend, as you know. And so what did they do? Macron spoke on Thursday night and he said there would be leeway for people to travel over the holiday weekend to then go to where they want to isolate and then they have to stay put for the three and a half weeks. So what did that mean? That means that a lot of people just went to go see their families for Easter and sure. came back yesterday back, yeah. before the the police started to really crack down. So that's like they just gave people like an like a like a free four days to move all around the country, which is just stupid. Yeah. So to sum up, yeah, <laughs> we've had we went from having you know smart, necessary, strict measures to a free for all to now in the beginning, since the beginning of the year, kind of unintelligible measures that have just frustrated people. Mm. If they can't understand what's being told, what they're being told on TV or even afterward, if, if, if the journalists of Le Monde have to explain to people what the government was trying to say, yeah, there's a problem. Yeah. And, and so because of that, people are, fatigued and making making up their own interpretation and are clearly at wit's end all right so that's where we are and and not only that but you know france has you know france started off as being very anti-vax we've we've been reading about that in the press and now i think it's it's turning in the opposite where people are like uh can i have a jab yeah sure shot yeah which is you know I think in the long run, that's a good place to be in, but it's also just a sign of how frustrating the messaging from the government has been because they're not saying what the source of the problem is. They're not sharing the data in a way that people understand. No, No, the the, the real issue is that they're not saying that it was an issue of doses. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of, instead of being a little bit more transparent, they've been skirting the issue and, and making it sound like the, the slow rollout has been absolutely intentional from the beginning. And that's not really true. Yeah. 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 So, so it's frustrating. And also I'm a bit worried about, you know, okay, once businesses reopen, just before um, we spoke, I was speaking to a restaurant owner who was like, or a restaurant bar owner 
And he said, you know, I'm prepared to reopen when we're, when we're told we can, but here's the thing. If tourism doesn't come back, Mm. you know, you're, there are too many restaurants and bars for the population in Paris without the tourists. Sure. So you're going to start to see closures as soon as, you know, if, if tourism doesn't start to be allowed back in relatively quickly. Mm. How about, um, have you seen, um, uh, so the restaurants have, uh, how about compensations? That's what I wanted to ask. Like, have, have there been like, uh, has the government oh, yeah. been giving compensations to, let's say, the food industry, hospitality industry and so on? Yes. So there's been, there's been a lot of financial support. There's been loan like very low interest loans that, that many of them have been able to get. They have a part-time unemployment scheme. So, you know, so many people have either been on part-time unemployment for months or even for the better part of a year, um, which means, you know, these restaurants don't have to pay their employees to, to be staying home. Um, so, no, France, I think in terms of the worldwide uh, kind of, um, slowdown has been very generous in terms mm. but you know it's like where is this money going to come from sure. also yeah um, because it's not just food and beverage it's hospitality it's industry airlines. It's, it's like I mean, it's everything yeah right. sure yeah so yeah. it's a bit we're, we're all kind of like okay you keep just inventing these sums of money like where are mm. they going to come from you keep saying we won't be taxed i don't really believe that yeah, we have a huge deficit in the Czech Republic too, because I mean, it's just like, I mean, and we haven't, our compensations have been far from perfect uh, or sufficient for many people. But anyway, um, is there a uh, is there a plan ahead? Like to when, do you know when the restaurants will reopen for any form of dining? So it's not even just the restaurants. I mean, at this point, museums have also been closed mm-hmm. since end of October. So uh, I think they are, the cultural venues will open first. Mm-hmm. I think the, the idea is that maybe mid, mid-May mm-hmm. um, we'll see museums reopen and maybe some things. And then, you know, there's rumors. I, the, the president says things like, you know, things will start to reopen mid-May, but do we really, the food, the food people are not really so convinced. They think it's more like June. Okay. Is there a... Is there a, you like know, it would be fine as long yeah. as we have visibility and can look forward to it. I've read somewhere that some uh, French ministers have been uh, like uh, participating in these secret dinners in like uh, high-end restaurants that have uh, opened secretly. My question is, where are these restaurants and how can you get in there? You know, I don't even want to go. I've seen, yeah, I know, I've seen the dishes they're preparing, yeah. and I'm like, really? No, no, no thanks. Okay, So people took. This is a very French, but it's a, <laughs> it's a very French thing, right? Is yeah, that sure. something that the aristocrats would go and and do yeah. this kind of thing? Come on. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, is there when uh, restaurants reopen? Has been uh, reopened for any form of dining? Has there been any debate about who gets to go? You mean like if it's like vaccinated people or like all population? We're not there yet. That's, that's like a very advanced discussion. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think, I think what would probably happen is that outdoor dining might be for everybody and maybe they'll just tell us to keep our masks on until the food comes. Uh, But I think in the long term, they're going to have to get the population on board with the idea of a vaccine passport, because I think there's a lot of hesitation in France, you know, the idea of restricting people and, you know, they don't, they don't take, you can go, you can't go. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But at the same uh, time, can you imagine if tourists can come in because they've been vaccinated and then like the French can't even go where the tourists can? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. That's the other thing. When do you see, I know you don't have a crystal ball to predict the future, but when do you really see like uh, Paris opening for tourism? 
Do you see that this summer, this year June? at all? I would say June? probably June. If they can get, if they can get things open and get this under control, I would assume they'd want to get make sure that the the, the industry has a season. Um, last year, I think tourists were starting to come back uh, end of May, June. I mean, local. We're talking about like Belgian tourists and Swiss sure. tourists. Yeah. Um, but but you know, I remember I had some friends from America who who were able to come over because they also had um, family resident, here or something. Yeah, sure. Or, yeah, like they had. A, yeah. like a, a, an actual legal reason to come and and you know it felt it felt good to see them there honestly like but 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 to to be you know fully open for business oh man i don't know i'm hoping midsummer midsummer wow that's very know. optimistic yeah cool cool well, i'm trying wow, to so. be optimistic because yeah. i'm just thinking of the numbers yeah uh, do you think that uh just uh, i don't know if it's not related to covid but uh, well actually it is uh do you think that um you know, the Paris food industry and whatnot that is reliant in some way on tourism uh, can survive without the U.S. tourism? I'm sorry, can it... Can like, it like, uh, is it, will European tourists uh, uh, be sufficient for no. the restaurants to open? Like, is it, is it really, unless the U.S., you know, like, is uh, citizens, U.S. citizens are allowed to come in, um, is it something that like the European tourists can actually replace U.S. tourists, like you know, in terms of the income, one hundred percent or not really? You know, all the reporting I've done that's um, been about hotels. Mm-hmm. You know, the numbers have um, shifted in the last well, in the last what, like since last summer, basically, where a lot of properties, small properties, were able to do. Um, well by targeting European clients. Food business, however, I think is a bit different because, Mm. you know, we're talking about foodie travelers, you know, people who travel uh, specifically for these food experiences and you get them in the UK for sure. But now with Brexit and all sorts of other things, I don't know if we can expect to have all the UK visitors that we used to. And so I think without them and without America, it's going to be really tough. Also think about Asia. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. There's they a lot of Asian, people. you know, dying, like uh, foodies coming over to Paris. Absolutely. So I think I it's a combination of things. Sure, I remember. Yeah. You know, sure. it's it's a real combination of things, and mm. we're in we're in trouble. I think if we can't at least get some of that to balance out, you know. Um, but I do think, based on the the impression I'm getting from Americans. They want to come back here. They're ready. Yeah, sure. They're ready. It's just like, so mm. I think they would probably be less reluctant than even some of the travelers from Asia, who I think are probably dealing with the post-COVID experience in a much different way. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. I think it was actually oh, very thank insightful. thank you. And I still hope to get to Prague at some yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. Uh, eventually, I'll let you know next year when it's when we're ready. Because no, I'm just oh. joking. But I hope, to, you know, I hope this it will happen later this summer, but we'll see. Maybe if we get the chance. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right. Anyway, thank you so much. Hang in there. Thank you. All right. So that was uh, Lindsay. And we're moving now to Copenhagen. Uh, We're going to talk to Cindy, uh, the owner and founder of uh, Foods of Copenhagen, uh, a food tour company in Copenhagen. Let's hear her out. So, hi, Cindy. Hi, Ian. Hi. So, how have you, how are you doing? Uh, what's the situation in Copenhagen uh, right now, if you can tell me? And how did you get there? How was the last year leading up to this? All right. So, overall, I, I, we, we're, we're doing good. I mean, we are, we are looking at a... We can see at the end of everything right now, I think. 
the situation is that things are still in lockdown. Right now, everything is closed. We just had the reopening plan announced. So restaurants will open on 21st April for outside uh, serving uh-huh. and then inside dining for 6th of May. Okay. So we see a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not the oncoming um, traffic like in, like in here. <laughs> People say we see no. the light and it's a train approaching. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think the biggest concern for restaurants right now is that to dine outside or inside, you need to be either have the vaccination mm-hmm. or you need to be able to show the Corona pass, which um, shows that you have been tested within the last 72 hours. All right. So, it's so, so you be can go a- party as long as you have been vaccinated or have been tested. Yeah, not parties opened yet, but sure. you can go for a restaurant. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and uh, how about antibodies? If you've had it already, is does that count or not really? Oh yeah, that that's count also, as far as I know. Okay. Yeah, that counts also. Cool. Um, of course, the big question is is I mean, this will put a lot of extra work on the restaurants to check everything. So we will see how things are. Some restaurants don't want to open yet. They're like, we're going to wait till this is over. Some people are like, we're going to open now and we're going to try. But it's very mixed, actually. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm. Uh, coffee shops close too? Uh, for, I mean, for now, you can go. You can have takeaway. You cannot sure. be seated anywhere at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, how's the general feeling in Copenhagen? Are people happy about, uh, you know, the, well, I mean, you're still in a, like a shutdown or a lockdown. Um, is there any, are there any frustrations uh, or are people happy about how the whole uh, crisis has been handled? Oh, of course. I mean, it depends who you ask, right? Uh-huh. I mean, the lockdowns has been very strict in Denmark. People, many people think it's been the reopening plan has not been transparent enough. Mm-hmm. We have had no clue about what was going on. And it's every like, okay, next week we will enlighten you in this. And everything is just very late announced. So people have been, and especially the restaurants, of course, have been very frustrated about this. So it's difficult very, to plan. Ahead, you right? can't you plan anything. anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't plan anything, and they you they had no idea when to open, um, and we never had a a site of like a plan to see, which I yeah. could understand from many other cr- countries that have been a bit more transparent. So I think people are very frustrated about that. Um, people are tired. People want to go out now. Um, restaurants are concerned that people don't want to take uh, a test to to visit. I think that pe- that people will do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, people want to go out. I think they're gonna make the effort. Okay, cool. All right. How how are the hotels doing? I mean, have they been open or for business purposes only? Is there any domestic tourism with uh, Denmark right now? Some are open and some are closed. So the whole thing is about the compensation. At some at some point, you can get the whole compensation if you're open. There's been a lot of discussion about that. So you'll find some closed and some open. I mean, I think that Danes try to, to use the hotels, but it's very limited here in Copenhagen. The thing is, people outside Copenhagen, for them, it's super expensive, expensive to stay in a hotel in Copenhagen. They are not so interested in paying that amount. Sure, and sure. people in Copenhagen... I mean, I think they support it, 
but not as much as they need, of course. Some, yeah. So it's, it's very different. But could you travel? I mean, uh, theoretically, could you like uh, just go to a hotel somewhere else outside of Copenhagen if you wanted to go? Like in Denmark? Yeah. Yes. If they are yeah. open, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're um, not restricting that way. We can't travel domestic anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, how has been the food industry affected in a way? Have Have you seen any clo- closures? Like, have uh, restaurants closed or like suspended the the? And also, if you can talk a bit about the compensations that have been paid or have not been paid. Yeah. The com- just as the tax system in Denmark, which is very complicated, mm-hmm. the same goes with the compensation. Okay. I mean, there are so many different packages and you have to apply for many different things. But um, I mean, at this point, we haven't seen many clo- uh, restaurants, for example, closing down. We mm-hmm. had a few, but it was more to reopen another way and so on. I think the big question is, will we see them closing in the future? Because mm-hmm. right now they have had some compensations um, which will maintain things. They have a lot of debt they need to um, to pay Pretty along high. the way. Yeah. And we will see how much support we will find among people if they need the testing and the vaccines uh, and so on. So for now, I think, I mean, the restaurant and our industry is hurt so bad. But with the compensations, I think we can say that they are not necessarily going to close but we will see next coming month and how the borders open and if people are visiting i mean copenhagen needs tourism also right yeah um, so it depends on the borders also that was my next question do you see is there any uh plan to reopen uh borders or like how well the is there a like a like a you know we have a in the czech republic the government has set up like um what's called the street lights you know traffic lights which means like if you're from a green country you can allow you're allowed to enter if you're from like a yellow country you have to like uh test or if you're from a red country yeah. you have to quarantine is it something is there a talk of like a resuming tourism uh in the long run Oh yeah, absolutely. The only thing is that we have no transparency in when this will happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of plans and uh, lots of uh, people are working for this to happen. But the transparency from government on when this can happen is unclear for sure. Yeah. What do you think? I can just yeah. What do I think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought this would never happen, right? So I thought it would never happen that the border would close in our lifetime. So sure. I don't know. Um, we will see. I mean, I just, you, I think we cannot, um, I have no clue. We will see. (laughs) No, but to be honest, right now we need to focus on uh, things opening here and hopefully we'll have people Mm. coming. Unfortunately, booking say that many will not travel, at least for Mm. our guests. Um, I think we'll look into a lot of Maybe from Sweden, Norway, and so on, right? So like a, like a bubble, Scandinavia, you can fly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think that will be the first. Mm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, have you been, uh, because I know that you've, you've been doing what we've been doing. I mean, I mean, the mm-hmm. food tours um, yeah. in Copenhagen, in Prague. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see that resume ever? Oh. <laughs> ever? Yes, I see that resume. I mean, we need to hope for that, right? Yeah. Uh, It will resume. I I think it will be in a different way. Can you Um, promise, though? Can you promise? I will promise. Oh, thank you. All right. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) No, but it will resume. It will not resume this year. Mm. Um, I don't believe that. Um, 22 will show 
if it uh, if it will, I think people will travel travel differently, and I think they will also ask for a different setup. Sure. Yeah. Well, even though people are, yeah yeah things will change, and that's also good. It's not for the worst all the time. I mean, I, we will see some changes that also been necessary. I mean, I'm hoping for people to travel other like uh, like they, so they stay longer, for example, and they mm-hmm. actually explore a college instead of just coming in 24 hours and leave again so it will happen of course but it when who knows yeah 22 okay how about vaccination efforts yeah it's pushing all the time because uh, we were promised that it will happen i think in may to begin that everybody would be vaccinated. yeah in may was the first announcement uh-huh. But then, of course, lots of things has happened since. And mm-hmm. now the elderly had been vaccinated, most of them. And everybody will be, as the plan is now, in August. August. Cool. August That's not is bad. the new. Nice. Yeah, let's see. August, August is the new May. All right. Yeah, August yeah. is the new May. But let's see. Yeah, let's see what happens. Is there a debate about the vaccinations? Are people willing to take uh, the jab? Um, yeah, of course, the debate is huge here also. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, so it's volunteer, right? But if you want the life, I cannot really see uh, not doing it for people. Sure. So yeah. it's kind of... Oh, because of course, you have the incentive that you can go to a restaurant and have a nice meal, actually. And sure. travel probably and in travel. the future, yeah. right? So it's a it's a huge debate, of <laughs> How course. How about this? Has there, been, has there been a debate about like... Uh, Oh, wait, so if I don't want to get vaccinated, I'll never eat in a restaurant again? I mean, just imagine having a life where you need to be tested. You need to be tested every second day to have a normal life if you don't get uh, the vaccine, right? That's kind. You can't do that. So the only thing left is to get the vaccine if this continues. Sure. I hope that when, I mean, I don't know, 80% is vaccinated or something that this will go. You get herd immunity and, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Okay. All yeah. right, Cindy. Uh, thank you so much for telling, updating me on uh, what's the situation in Copenhagen. Um, hope cool. to see you in 22. <laughs> I guess. I hope so too. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All righty. So this was Copenhagen, and we're now going to finally leave uh, the European continent. We're going to move on to the UK, and we're going to hear um, uh, what Teresa has to say about uh, the situation in London. So here we go. All right. Hi, Teresa. Hey, Hunda. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me. So, uh, how are you doing? How can you, can you describe the last year for me in London? Because I know you've been living in London and couldn't actually get away out of there. So, so how's been the last year for you? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I've been stuck in London basically, which is like, which is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Yeah. It'd be it'd be nice also to be able to go home for a bit as well. Um, well, uh, so I work in a restaurant. I, I came here uh, two years ago now, and so far I have worked in two restaurants. So uh, the first wave uh, of coronavirus or of the of the lockdown was uh, a year ago. So literally like when I basically like a few months before that I started working in a restaurant. So uh-huh. 
we had a few months of service and then like lockdown happened it was it was a madhouse no one knew what was uh, going on in like you know like in hospitality everyone was super confused because like obviously um we didn't know if furlough was going to be a thing if um like how the government was going to be involved so in my first restaurant uh, they closed us down because they said that was the only way to basically um save the business and we uh were what, like i'm sorry they shut down completely like uh, forever or yeah, just temporarily so so they they didn't know how long it was going to take but they did oh. say like they have to shut down and okay. in the end it lasted for i believe like half a year like mm-hmm. shut down which is not like uh, this didn't happen in like all of the restaurants around london obviously like most of the places did shut down at the beginning just to like you know get their heads around what what they were going to do um but most uh places made it work so like started doing takeaway uh loads of like there was a huge takeaway boom um online you know like social media uh like you know not telling people what what's what's happening with the places and how they can still like get their hands on their delicious food and stuff like that so i think that's pretty much if i was to sum up um sum up lockdown in london in hospitality in one word i think it would be takeaway <laughs> so has your restaurant resumed uh business and like are you doing takeaway right now um so yeah so uh, i'm i'm no longer working for the first place uh-huh. that i was working which was um stony street to, to to give um uh like to, to speak specifically um which was a restaurant at borough market i'm now working uh-huh. for a bakery uh, slash restaurant which is called big joe it's part of uh-huh. the jolene family i don't know if you've if you've been uh yeah sure totally. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so um so we have a bakery and it, this is a new place that we opened basically um, end of September. So uh, during during lockdown, it's a lockdown uh, baby. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, yeah, which, which is so, which is like people, like lots of people um, coming to the restaurants are asking like, how the hell guys, you know, like, what well, you know. Yeah what's going on how can you manage to do this during uh during lockdown but it's actually working really well because you know that the restaurant already has a name um and people recognize it and it has a huge following so um so that made it easier but to go back to your um original question mm-hmm. um we are doing takeaway um mm-hmm. but it for us it's a bit easier because we were always going to do takeaway it's the restaurants like split into two parts one's like a mini we call it mini joe um and that's where the takeaway bit happens and we do pastries bread um and and lots of other things as well like coffees teas and stuff like that and then the the other parts the restaurant which is obviously now closed so for us it was a bit easier because we were more equipped you know for like we were already set up as a takeaway place as well as a restaurant so it was uh-huh. just it yeah made, made more yeah it was way made le- way, sorry made less easier for us to uh to do it and we're doing sandwiches which is something that i think literally yeah everyone's doing <laughs> absolutely yeah 
So, um, yeah. my next question is, uh, how are people feeling about uh, the way the government has handled things? Like, is there, a, is there any, are there any frustrations or are people generally happy about what's going on? Um, yeah, that, that, this is a tough one. I think now it's sort of better and better because we all see like light at the end of the tunnel. Sure. But definitely um, a giant wave of frustration at the beginning because like I said no one the, the information was very unclear and the government kept like moving the dates you know moving the opening dates kind of being very unclear about uh, what the rules were so people mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm speaking about like hospitality people, um, restaurant owners and generally people involved in this um, field were trying to figure out, you know, like what's so what's going on? Can we do takeaway? How many people can we, um, you know, seat? Outside? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was absolutely, it was, it was, a, it was a madhouse. Like, oh, yeah. people were running around like headless chickens, um, which then, because furlough kicked in, so um, it, that, that made way more sense. So uh, restaurants could, like, work their way around, um, like, how um, their staff, to what extent, you know, their staff could come to work. And uh, because of the government support, it actually, like, in the end, when furlough kicked in, it, it, it was it was um, a bit made way easier for you, people to deal with. Yeah. Uh, can you just briefly describe what furlough means? Oh, so furlough is um, like a um, government donation to uh, people who are involved or <laughs> who are involved who work um, in areas uh, that make it impossible for them to work from home, basically. Oh, so. Yeah. Um, it would be, yeah, you, you like so basically compensations, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Like yeah. Government. Okay. okay. All and right. Okay. Cool. The way, the way it works now is that eighty um, percent is um, provided by the um, the government, like of your uh-huh. company. Um, and uh, then twenty percent, uh, if possible, is is uh, comes from your place, and you still go to if you're al- allowed to go to work. Of course, I, I okay. mean if you're able to go to work, if your place right. runs a takeaway. So right now, like eighty percent, right now eighty percent of your wages paid by the government, and the rest is by your employer, roughly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. And that was. Cool. To end um, months ago, but because obviously, like the wave, kind of it just is still a thing. So it's still they're still rolling it. Mm. It's still rolling. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, how about um, how about uh, vaccination? The vaccination effort. How's it going over there in the UK? Yeah, so it seems my friend's a doctor actually, so I, I have a bit of the inside. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> um, so it, it seems to be going really well. They, they like it seems to be handled really efficiently. Um, so I think now people who are I think around 40 are getting vaccinated. Okay. Uh, but so, like, I, I don't have the exact numbers, to be honest, but um, so many people, like, su- such a huge, uh, huge chunk of the population has been vaccinated already. Mm-hmm. So... I think uh, generally it's going really well. My friend um, uh, Frankie is a doctor. She said um, is is um is quite organized. It, she thinks it could be slightly better because the tricky thing is that when people don't show up for the vaccinations, they um, obviously like you you can't re like re defrost the sure, vaccine. Absolutely, so you, yeah, yeah. you have to use the vaccine or, or yeah, throw yeah. it out. Yeah. 
exactly. So. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, overall, I think um, they're on the right track here. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you're a foreign citizen uh, working in the UK, you're not a UK citizen, are you? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, a, I'm so. I have a pre-settled status. So. Sure. Uh, would you be eligible to get the vaccine in the UK? I think so. To be completely honest, uh, I have not yet. Uh, this is this is horrible, but I haven't yet registered with a GP here, just because I'm okay. All right, sure. Yeah. Um, so, so, but I think I should be. So, when I spoke to Frankie, um, the doctor, she she didn't say anything about me not being able to get it. So, as long as you're registered and as long as you have a GP here, um, chances are, well, I'm gonna be. If I register now, I'm gonna be contacted probably sometime during the summer or before, sure. maybe even. Yeah. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Um, have uh, restaurants been closing around you? Uh, yeah, so I know of a few places who just couldn't come back from it or like can't, uh -huh. they've closed down. But I got to say the majority, and this is so such great news, just somehow made it through. And yep. like I said, takeaway or even, you know, like loads of um, projects were born, out, you know, out of coronavirus, like lots of interesting collabs, uh, people, you know, just finding other ways to get their food to, to the uh, customers or to their followers. So I think... Uh like it, yeah, it's been really depressing for hospitality, but on the other hand, it's also so inspiring to see all these like new projects and new things sure. popping up. So yeah, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. So what's the? Uh, as I understand it, right now there's still a bit of a, like a shutdown, if not a lockdown, in uh, London. Uh, what's the? Uh, what's the plan ahead? Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. So at the moment we're still in like a slightly, um, open, uh, lockdown still uh -huh. so now on the 12th of April, there's an exciting, um, exciting week next week. Uh, uh -huh. places are allowed to open their beer gardens or like serve food outside. Okay. So outdoor seating yeah, are allowed, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that's, that's like, you can, you can, there's so much buzz going on at the moment. Like, you know, places are rehiring like front of house and, and back of house and like basically like gearing up for the, um, for the season. So, so that's, that's like the first, um, exciting thing happening next week. And on the 18th of May, I believe is, um, the, uh, indoor, um, indoor, like you can also decide. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well Will this be, I mean, given like that you're far ahead in the vaccination effort ahead of like the continental Europe, uh, are there, is there any debates like when they open indoor dining, will it be for everybody or for somebody who has been vaccinated? Yeah, you know? that's, um, we did speak about it a little bit, but um, nothing official has been said. So uh -huh. I'm, I'm just really, I'm just guessing here. And my guess would be that it will be for everyone. 
just okay, because okay. it will be, I think, slightly tricky, especially at these like first stages. I mean, yeah, the, the vaccination is well on its way, but I do feel like um, that th- people would not be like very open to denying access, if you see what I mean, to people who have yeah, very reasons uh not being vaccinated so i don't know but that's just my guess like officially there has not been any talk or as far as i'm like as far as, far as i know okay and now last question i ask this everybody like if you had a crystal ball had a look at it when do you think you'll be able to travel to the czech republic or whether you think like a casual travel will resume to and from london internationally yeah. <laughs> when so, can we get there when can we get to you know go to big joe and jolene yeah exactly well hopefully as soon as possible you know i i do have to say i i i'm hoping my crystal ball is yeah. a, is a, is a is a positive one um i think so i when i was talking to my mom we were saying hopefully you know summer hopefully like august um Uh, maybe that's 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 but like that's way to um you know sunshine and daisies and dancing unicorns yeah. but hopefully hopefully you know summer i think you know like it it i think at this point it depends a little bit more um on how the czech republic hand, handles things you know like um in the next few months all right so you you're looking at december then um <laughs> Sure. Please don't yeah. say that. Yeah. That's All right. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. They're like, we have to be put on a list by the UK authorities. So we can't be seen as a threat. Sure. Yeah, that's it. And I think that's actually going to be the, the, the deal breaker. Because like, yeah. if, you, if you have to, you know, quarantine for two weeks, um, it's just, it, it's slightly impossible for, you know, people who work in like, you know, you, who, people who can't work from home, like myself. Yeah. Uh, it's just you know, uh, yeah, it's not possible for me to do to do it. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Let's hope for the summer then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully, you'll yeah. see you'll see we'll see each other uh, in the summer in Big Joe and you know enjoying some nice pizzas and. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you so much for your thank time you so and for, for telling me all this. And uh, see you in the summer then. See you in the summer, hopefully. <laughs> Bye. 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 Okie dokie. So that was London. And now we're jumping across the pond. Uh, we're going to connect with Kat Odell, uh, a food journalist, food writer in New York City. And she's going to describe how things are going in the big apple so here we go hi cat thank you so much for taking the time thank you Uh, so if you can just briefly tell me like uh um how's new york doing right now what's open what's closed uh what can you do can you move around can you dine indoors outdoors and how's been the last year for you Yeah. So um, I've been back in New York for the last few months and then sort of in and out uh, before. And the city has changed dramatically in the last year. Uh, We were here back uh, pretty much last summer. The city was completely empty. Also, everyone left and went through their summer homes and country homes, you know, so nobody was in the city. Nobody wanted to be in this like hot red of disease. Um, And it was really, really quiet. You could walk down the street. There were no cars. Um, It was pretty crazy. I've never seen this. Yeah. Never seen the city like that and then you know very slowly it's it's improved um so we had 
indoor dining reopened in the fall um, at 25% capacity and that didn't go so well and it was closed again. Um, And then outdoor dining remains. So some of the, actually what's interesting for business owners and for customers is that some of the regulations in the city have changed. So pretty much any restaurant with like a sidewalk can have outdoor dining. You don't have to have any permitting for that. And then they also changed, um, you can tell alcohol to go without a license. So there's like some changes that have been kind of great. You can drink on the street, like Las Vegas style. (laughs) All right. Okay. So yeah. no brown bags or anything. You could just um, yeah, yeah, no, not anymore. Actually, oh, wow. like, in, like forty minutes, we're gonna go to this like amazing Japanese cocktail bar and sit outside and have some Japanese cocktails. Um, oh, so bars too. So but, cocktail bars have outdoor dining now too, like you know, outdoor seats. So yeah, so like I would say right now, eighty um, percent of restaurants have reopened. Okay. You know, there are some that unfortunately weren't able to make it, and I just was writing this. Uh, big like sushi omakase piece and there are a number of um smaller you know like eight seat counters that were not able to make it through unfortunately most of them have reopened but the couple did not which is pretty sad um and you know places like that obviously don't have outdoor dining but there are i'd say for cocktail bars it's maybe like 50 percent have reopened and it's really the ones that are able to have some type of outdoor space um i haven't actually been to a bar since last year, since pre-COVID for the most part, just because, well, most of them, a lot of them have like bar seating and that's been closed off. So you couldn't even do that. So I'm actually looking forward to going out later just because it's like the first kind of like bar experience we're having in a really long time. Um, but yeah, the city's picking up as of, so we closed down uh, indoor dining in December again for a few months and then reopened all the while outdoor dining was allowed for like the really crazy psycho tough New Yorkers, which I am not. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> too cold. Um, so as of mid Feb, 25% dining was, uh, has resumed. And then as of, Oh, maybe two weeks ago, we're at 50%. Uh, and you know, a lot of what, what's felt really good is that a lot of restaurants are zoned to have, let's say 50 seats, but only have 20. So they actually have full capacity for the most part. Um, and you need like a glass partition or you need to have just like, you know, smaller capacity, like it's just fewer seats, a percentage of what your occupancy allows for. But we've been to some experiences recently that have felt great that, um, you know, don't really feel like they've been drastically changed because of COVID or reduced seats. So the city is definitely getting better. And I think for us here in New York, so many people have had access to the vaccine. Most people that I know, um, people have more confidence to go out and they feel safer now. Like I would say that that that's more specific to like dining out, maybe like going to like a park for a picnic with regard to transportation. Most people are still not taking the subway. Like Uber is kind of everyone's mode of transportation. Mm -hmm. Um, there are people on the subway, but it's n- like maybe 20% is busy or even less than I would say that it has been, you know, under normal circumstances. But I, overall, New York is looking up and I think the summer is going to be great. Obviously, all the outdoor dining that we now have will be jam packed, which is exciting. And people in New York love to be outside in the summer and really take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we're looking forward to that for cool. sure. So what's the general like feeling of the population? Uh, do they feel are people relieved that things are back, you know, getting opened? Or is it is there any frustrations uh, how the yeah. pandemic has been handled? What's the what's sure. what's the general feeling? 
I think people are optimistic. Also, it's getting warmer here now. So everyone's in a slightly better mood. Overall, I would say everyone's like fed up with, you know, like the temperature checks. So for, for us when in New York, you have to do a temperature check. And then they added a second step, which is you also now have to take down all of your information in case they need to contact Trace. You know, if somebody's in the restaurant has COVID, then they can call you and let you know to get checked. Mm-hmm. So that was like added somewhere along the line before that. It was just temperature checks. Um, I mean, I think everyone's over the mask thing. <laughs> just like it's hard to, you know, I like do these workouts and you have to wear a mask while you're working out. It's hard to breathe. I feel like a lot of people share that sentiment. Um, so there is a mask sort of- mandate or like you have to wear it, like, yeah. you, but, but not people um, are not doing it so- anymore. So you have to wear mask. So in restaurants, for example, you have to wear a mask if you're moving around the restaurant using the restroom. If you're at a table, you don't. Some restaurants still ask that you have a mask on if you're communicating with a server, but that's just like specific to that restaurant. Um, and then I actually masks might not be mandated on the streets, but everyone wears one. You know, it's um. And I've had friends that have been yelled at, you know, by, by like random strangers on the street if they're not wearing a mask or yeah. some type of situation right. like that. So that's like a social pressure for you to wear a mask, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, how about, um, so as I understand it, like the, the dining, when it opens, the indoor dining, that opens for everybody, not just like people who have been vaccinated or have been tested. Correct. It's everybody. Okay. Yeah. Has there and been then, any debate about that? Like, uh, do we let everybody in or do we just let people who have either been tested or vaccinated in? I don't think that the city is organized enough to be able to filter out those that haven't, haven't been vaccinated. Um, I haven't been vaccinated, so I don't know the protocol. I don't know what kind of like, um, you know, paper you're given or certification you're sure. given or, yeah. um, so, and I, and then, I think, you know, a lot of people are for the vaccine, but I also think there are people that um, are not necessarily for, I'd say there are more people that are pro-vaccine, but yeah, the city hasn't, you know, like, I think the fact that more people are getting vaccinated here is still kind of new. It's like in the last month that I think things are starting to feel a little bit more secure. So it's still, um, it's still kind of growing growing but we'll see in the future how that changes but um it's definitely helping the city for sure okay how about um hotels do you know that uh, do you know if there is is like domestic tourism uh, a thing in the u.s like yeah. maybe not international tourism but you know maybe people from outside the city coming in I think, I think so i've actually noticed so we're in dumbo and i definitely see people that look like tourists taking photos on the street um and we were in Soho a couple of days ago over the weekend, and there were actually looked like a lot of Asian tourists like lining up outside the Chanel store. <laughs> Asian, Asian yeah, tourists. I don't know how they would be getting in. I don't know. And actually, oh, I was uptown earlier today. Uh, oh, wow. The city is definitely quieter than it has been, but I've also seen people walking around that look like tourists, yeah. especially in our neighborhood here in Dumbo, yeah. and especially on the yeah on the weekends. I know that you move a lot. Like, I mean, you've moved a lot with your husband, like right with Mike uh, around. Yeah. Uh, do you think um, when do you see like you know uh, tourism or like you know just travel resume like it used to before COVID? Do you ever see that happen I, again or not really? I, I definitely see that happening. I think we're probably a ways away from that. I think within the U.S., people are already traveling, starting to travel. All my, I mean, my friends have pretty much been traveling regardless. Um, maybe not at the same frequency, but they've been taking trips. And we are going to go. We just like, you know, we 
we, well, we were traveling the whole year up until we got here really, which was Mm -hmm. um, in January, basically doing Airbnbs. And I think that um, services like Airbnb will do extremely well, um, you know, with the pandemic and into the future with the way people are traveling. Um, But, you know, and we stayed at, well, we stayed mostly at Airbnbs. Uh, We did actually stay at a few hotels that were completely desolate. And I know New York hotel prices have been extremely, extremely low. I have a friend actually in the hotel here right now, like super, super cheap. Like (laughs) now is the time to come. Wow. Um, Like now you tell me, mommy, we can't can't go anywhere right now. Um, Yeah. How about, um, like, I know that some, you know, uh, some restaurants, have closed you know in the u.s right um have there been has there been any government support to like the service industry to the food industry that has been felt tangible you know yeah so um i know that the government was offering monetary compensation to small businesses and the so we've had different sort of like uh like packages like coronavirus packages that the government has disseminated so in the first package i think there were some benefits specific to small businesses that but that but that the small business eventually had to repay and but then i was hearing rumors that the government would not ask those businesses to repay like certain loans that they'd granted i'm not exactly sure the status of that separate from that we had like three stimulus checks that were issued to certain people um and then uh, unemployment packages have been completely changed because of the pandemic. And then people that traditionally wouldn't be eligible for, for unemployment are eligible, you know, now during these times. And the duration at which unemployment has been available was extended. I think it's typically a year and now it's longer. Yeah. So that's pretty much as much that's as much as I know with regard to like the government um, giving back to everyone in the country. But I but I did, you know, there was actually in the beginning of the pandemic. I remember hearing about how the government had given out um, like checks to businesses like Danny Meyer got a huge check and he returned it like businesses that didn't really need the help. It was really, you know, it's like really the small independent chef run businesses that need it more than anything else. And the government was not really I, I don't I don't know how much of a great good job they did with, you know, really giving to the businesses that needed the money versus like conglomerate big, bigger name businesses. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's kind of um, do do people feel that like the 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 stimulus checks have been enough, or like would they? What do you think? Um, I think they're helpful. So you have to fall into like a certain economic bracket to receive sure. a stimulus check. Um, they're not that much, you know. I think the first check was like. I want to say maybe twelve hundred, and then there was like a six hundred dollars stimulus check, which is like I think yeah. was, I think it was six hundred, and then there was another twelve hundred dollars stimulus check, I believe, something like that, or fourteen hundred dollars stimulus check. So I mean, you know, I think wait for the entire year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, a lot. <laughs> not a lot in New York. Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, I guess that can help some people and others. Okay. Like. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, so what, what do you think uh, New York will reopen like fully? Like, do you, do you have a like? If you have a crystal ball and yeah. you can, you have to so, take a guess. Sure. So, I I would look to the Asian countries because I think the Asian countries are a lot more stringent with like health precautions mm-hmm. than anywhere else, and I don't think that. 
other countries will really reopen until I, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that Asia reopens just because I want to travel. But I think New York right now, I I actually should look into exactly what the guidelines are from I guess for us. Well, we, when we came back from Mexico, we didn't have to do anything. I mean, okay. li- literally nothing. And then that was in June. Um, maybe now if you're coming from another country, you have to get a COVID test or show sure. like a negative PCR test. That seems to be the trend because we're taking a trip to Jamaica in May. And I've, we've been researching all these like Caribbean islands that we can go to. And pretty much everywhere requires you to show a negative COVID test in order to get in. And some islands are a little bit more strict than others. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking... First of all, I don't think things will uh, like be be returned to the way they were before COVID. I think there's this like you know very skewed perception that all of a sudden the world will be where it was last year, and it's not going to ever be like that. It's always going to be changed by this. It's always mm-hmm. going to be different. And this this you know time period of a year is going to impact the world forever going future, forever going forward. We will get to a time where you know not everyone has to wear a mask everywhere, but that's you know that's different. That's just a new new normal, right? As everyone's calling it. But I think I'd say like end of this year, maybe. End of I'd this say year. Maybe year way, we'll yeah. be like open for business. Yeah. yeah we'll, I think like another year, approximately, yeah. maybe eight months, something like that. I think we still have a little ways to go. I think we need more, a little bit more immunity overall in the sure. population, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and for businesses to reopen fully. Well, whenever that happens, we'll be there. All right. Or hey, we're coming to Prague. Yeah, <laughs> I please really come. Want you guys Don't come now. Place. Don't come now. Come, come no. later. Yeah, but you know, later this year maybe. I'm thinking. I'm you thinking. think maybe in the fall or? Yeah, later fall. Later fall, like yeah. before Christmas, I think. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we'll be here, and you know, so so whenever you come, just let us know. Yeah, of course, always. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kat, for this. And, uh, you know, I wish you all the best and I hope to see you all around. Definitely. Definitely. Have a good night. You too. Bye. All right. So that was Kat from New York City. And finally, uh, we're going way down um, to Melbourne, Australia. We're going to talk to Natasha and she's going to describe how things are going uh, in uh, Melbourne and uh, Australia uh, at large. So um, this is it. This is the last interview. I hope you enjoyed this um, podcast. And uh, this is uh, what Natasha has to say. So hi, Natasha. So the... Uh, hi. Hi. Are you there? Okay, great. Yes. So um, the question is, what's the situation in Melbourne where you are? Like, uh, so can you describe like the last year for me? Okay, so at the moment, we're actually really lucky. We're COVID-free. Okay. Um, there is no... No cases COVID, at all? No cases for, like, quite a while now. So we're, wow. we've eliminated it. Um, but we've definitely had a roller coaster of a year. We went into lockdown like everyone else in March mm-hmm. 2020. Um, and it kind of got better and things slowly started opening up again. And then we had a big, um, outbreak from the hotel quarantine that they have in Australia, the hotel quarantine program Okay. for ret- returned travelers. They put them in hotels and it got uh-huh. out of the hotels. Um, and we were locked down in stage four for four months. So like, as in, you couldn't go further than five kilometers from your house. Okay. Kind of lockdown and things were pretty 
bad then, which I'm okay. sure that you're, you're feeling at the moment. Yeah, we, we know a thing or two about that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but we managed in that four months um, to eliminate it and things sort of slowly, slowly opened up again. And anytime that there is a case, it does come from the hotels, but like anytime there is a case, they like lock everything down fully again for like a few days, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of hard for businesses, but sure. it does, it does really sort of get on top of it and then back to normality. So, so, so if I understand it correctly right now, everything's open in Melbourne. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, has there been, how are people doing? Like, has it affected the economy a bit or like maybe the schools, how about schools? Are schools open? Schools are open. Everything is completely back to normal now. Workplaces are back to like people are hundred percent allowed to go back to offices. Mm. So it's like fully open now. Um, last year pretty much was fully online for schools, Mm. um, and universities. This year, everyone's back. Um, there was a recession, like financially, mm. it wasn't great, um, especially in Melbourne because we were the only city that went into the second really long lockdown. lockdown. Uh-huh. Um, and there was like financial aid for businesses that's just finished now. So everyone's kind of waiting to see whether these like businesses that were kept afloat are going to stay afloat now that the financial aid is finished. So okay. whether they were just sort of like surviving from the from the handouts from the government or whether they were actually recovered. Mm-hmm. How are people doing? Uh, is uh, is what's the general I'd say feeling? Are people happy about how the uh, situation has been handled, or is there any you know like um, um, no, I wouldn't say protests, but I mean, is there any uh, you know maybe? Well, there were there were yeah. anti-lockdown mm-hmm. protests during the lockdown. I think that during the lockdown, everyone hated it and they hated how it was being handled. But mm-hmm. I think that coming out of it and having pretty much eliminated it, everyone sort of was very quick to forget the lockdown and how they felt. I mean, obviously, unless they were, like, severely impacted and lost, you know, jobs or businesses, like, that's different. But, like, the general sort of thing, the feeling is everyone's so happy to be able to kind of go about normally that it's forgotten. It's like, did we even do that? Did that even happen? It it really, it's like (laughs) you're so quick to forget and just kind of go back to normal and, like, be grateful like as horrible as that 120 days was i'm so grateful that it's behind me and that we're we're okay now wow no and that you can kind of go about your life not only like that you're allowed to go around but you feel safe because there's no covid Jesus, in sure. the community how about yeah. tourism i mean i mean obviously there's no, there's, tourism. there's no tourism how do people so, feel about that how about you know, because i'm sure that the hospitality industry yes. is hurting so the only reason like we obviously don't have anything happen like it's easy to for us to like get rid of covid in is that we closed our borders early so no tourism only from new zealand there's a bubble with new zealand um so yeah so all the tourism businesses are really struggling um especially because like different states in australia like close their borders if anyone else has a case so like even within australia the tourism's not the best yet um so i think like a lot of tourism businesses are really struggling restaurants I think they're doing okay if they're not in the CBD. 
Um, BBD is like the central district, right? Yes, yes. Um, You've obviously been Mm. to Melbourne and like you remember what our city was like, but it was pretty lively, full of like restaurants and bars. Absolutely, Um, because Because there's no tourism and because like lots of people still aren't working in the offices, the city is pretty dead. So all of those restaurants I think are really struggling particularly and shops retail shops too but yeah we're you know hospitality um, has really taken a hit how about vaccinations is that so we've just started yeah we just a month ago i think and they've Mm -hmm. vaccinated um only like they're doing it in tears so right now frontline healthcare workers um and their sort and hospital workers are getting vaccinated at the moment, um, and it's been a slow kind of start because we were blocked on getting quite a few shipments from Europe. Yep, sorry. Of I know. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I know, I know. I, you know, of course, it wasn't me who made that decision, but I, I I'm fully but aware. I understand that, the that decision. Yeah. I totally understand. Like, there's no <laughs> right, need. Yeah. Like, we don't have the urgency that you do. Um, but they're making their own AstraZeneca vaccine here. Oh yeah, sure. So okay. um, once that rolls out, then it'll be kind of full guns blazing. Yeah. I think. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other people waiting, like, uh, is that something, the vaccination effort, is it something that is, uh, like, people are 100% behind it or is there a, a debate about it? I think there's, like, um, I, it's not so much publicly, but I think within um, sort of, like, not so much in the media, but people generally kind of, there's no rush. I think everyone, because we don't have this kind of cases, everyone's sort of like, yeah, I'll get it. No, I'm not in a rush to get it versus if there was COVID and you would mm-hmm. sort of, I would imagine if I was in Europe, I'd be like, yes, I want to get it as soon as possible. And everyone's sort of quite like slow on the uptake. Okay. All right. Is there any urgency in like opening the borders? Like what, what's the forecast? Uh, what's the, is there a plan to go forward? You know, like uh, what, what's the general feeling of the people maybe? Okay. What happens um, now? I, I think that the, um, I think people are, like, itching to travel. I think the tourism industry and the airlines are, like, very excited to for borders to open and for international travel to resume. But I think that the government is not um, in any rush. Yeah, it seems like that before borders. you vaccinate properly. Uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's what yeah, they're exactly. saying. Sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And has there been any, because I know there has been, I mean, maybe... Because you know we get this news through the media, so it might there, there might be bias, but um, yeah. uh, there may have been a controversy about like um, Australian um, nationals not being able to get into the country actually, uh, because there seems okay. to be like a quota uh, for like incoming the people. Hotels. While on the other yeah. hand, you had the tennis tournament, and like the tennis yes. players could enter. Yes. Uh, was yes. that a debate? Was that a big thing in Australia? It was. It was a little bit of a debate, like using that the tennis um, that the athletes could yeah. come in quarantine, and it took the places from Australians that want to return home. Um, but I think that you know the government's very quick to make decisions that a pro economy, especially yeah, in sure. the sort of time where everyone's struggling like it's so good to have the tennis players here well they see it that way anyway i think with a lot of from talking to friends that want to come home the the quotas are an issue for the hotels but it's also that 
most of the time they're booking flights that are getting cancelled. Okay. All right. Um, so I don't know if that's because there's no space in the hotels and then the flights get cancelled or if it's just there's not enough people or how the airlines are running things at the moment. Um, but you sort of have to book a flight and hope for the best. And if you get on the flight, you get a spot in the hotel. And if you don't, wow. you have to wait, which is which is crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy. Um, but hopefully everyone can just hopefully in the next few months get back and then – Maybe yeah. we can. They're talking about quarantining international students now. Oh yeah, of and course, because we have that. I too. think yeah. that's even yeah, that's mm. even more controversy because they want to again use those hotel quarantine places for international students at the expense of locals that want to return home. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. How how have you been? Like uh, I know that you have a small kid. It has yeah. there been like um, has uh, the you know very shortly has the last year made it. I think you think more difficult to take care of him, or is it her? I mean, I'm sorry, of him, it, right? It was, yeah, him. Yes, yeah, Charlie. Sure. He, yeah. um, he. Look, I mean, when everything was closed for the four months, even the playgrounds were, mm-hmm. of course, closed, yeah. and, and you couldn't sit down in a park, like in the grass, or the police would come and move you along. So that was hard, especially with yeah. the small. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like baby that was starting to move around. Um, but I think I was lucky in the sense that everything opened up just as he was really starting to crawl and learn to walk. Um, if he was any older when it would have happened, it would have been really hard. It was also hard. Like we, we don't live within five kilometers of family. So he, oh, yeah, didn't of course, see, meeting family. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't see any of his family for a really long time, which at such a like young age, he was maybe six months, seven months, eight months. It's just like so much happens. It was hard. I think for them to not to see him. Um, but like I said before, now that it's done, it's, I think it's so quickly forgotten. And I hope that that's the case for you guys too. That yeah. hope, I don't know. You can get on top Me of it. Too. <laughs> you can just put it behind you and forget yeah. that it ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do that every night with a bottle of alcohol. Getting it anyway. A good cocktail helps. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, sharing this, Natasha. Uh, I wish you all the best, and Charlie and your husband. And uh, thank you, know, you. I hope you know the borders. You get vaccinated, we get vaccinated, and uh, yes. we get to teach each other wherever. Yes. You know, like yes, <laughs> and know. then it all you know, hospitality and all of the tourism yeah. and travel gets to kind of come back slowly. That would be Absolutely. ideal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You too. <laughs> Bye. Tady ještě jednou Honza Stejstu v Prák. Moc děkujeme za poslech dnešního dílu. Doufám, že se vám líbil a doufám, že se zase uvidíme u nějakého dalšího. Pokud se vám náš podcast líbí, prosím dejte nám pět hvězdiček na Apple Podcast a na Spotify a těšíme se zase někdy příště. Díky moc a mějte se hezky.